welcome back to Grit Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by one member of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters. Mo is off covering the World Series of Poker, probably catching up on some sleep at this early hour, and Brett is, of course, slaving away for the Grove Empire. But we are here to talk a little bit about the 25K fantasy draft that just went down. Yes, we have a team. We also want to recap the Champions League and how right we were, uh, maybe touch on some NBA. And I want to get the temperature of what's going on in Las Vegas because, Donnie Peters, you are a Golden Knights season ticket holder. You've been a season ticket holder for how many years now? When did you guys put your deposit down for the Knights? Oh, man, I'd have to look that up. It's a long time ago. It was four, like four we were, years we were like ago? one of the original uh, people to when they were like raising the money to put our deposit down. So what what has this been like for you? I mean, you're a Bruins fan. You, you've gotten swept up in this a little bit, but you're you're a Bruins fan. Uh, but you've been in Vegas for so long. Uh, you were in town for both games one and game two of the Stanley Cup because you're out there for uh, the WPT tournament champions, Tiger Jam, all that fun stuff. What what the hell is Vegas like right now? I mean, Vegas is wild. Uh, you know, I, I don't. So, I, I hear a lot of people talk about how Vegas is a great hockey town. I don't necessarily agree with that take. Um, so, I just kind of want to dispel that nice and early here in our conversation. I think gr- Vegas is a great hockey destination. Um, and what I mean by that is, it's a, it's just a great city to have a hockey team in. Um, I mean, we're obviously blinded. Hindsight is twenty twenty in, in the fact that they're doing so well. I mean, how, what would we be saying right now? We might not even be talking about them. We probably wouldn't even be talking about them if they weren't on the run that they were on, if they were just your run-of-the-mill expansion team and just kind of, you know, stumbled out of the gate, you know, went whatever, 20 and 60 or whatever the hell the, the record would be and, and not that good, missed the playoffs and that sort of thing. But here they are in the cup finals. So the hype is high. The frenzy is high. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous in Vegas. The best part about it all is that Vegas is treating it like it should. Vegas is doing with the Golden Knights what Vegas should. And what I mean by that is you go to these games, and even if you don't go to the games and you just go down to the the Strip and, and the park area that's right outside Toshiba Plaza, uh, as they call it, right outside T-Mobile Arena, um, that is, it's just, it's like a Vegas show. You know, you can pay $200 and up right now in the Stanley Cup to go to a game. And it's totally nuts. I mean, the intro lasts a half an hour. There's a marching band throughout. They have shots of Blue Man Group and all this sort of crazy stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a total spectacle. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's definitely something that's helped Vegas thrive in terms of being a good hockey destination. And here they are now three wins away from the Stanley Cup, which is just totally a complete miracle. I don't know what else to say about it. You forgot to mention they got Eric Seidel dressed as Elvis on the glass. That is very true. Eric Seidel dressed as uh, Elvis. Oh, I looked it up. So uh, February 24th, uh, 2015 is when 2015. I put, put down the deposit to be a season ticket holder. That's it always insane. had been a dream of mine to be a season ticket holder of a professional sports team in the city where I'm living. At the time, I was living in Vegas. This was before I had taken the job with the WPT. Um, so this was like, okay, cool. Like, this is awesome. A dream of mine. The, the, the seats are 
pretty cheap, you know, in terms of like other places, like being a, a fan of Boston sports teams. I mean, there's no way I can ever get on a, on a season ticket list for any of the, the Boston sports teams. They're just too long and they're too expensive. Uh, this presented that opportunity. I didn't think that it would necessarily work out in year one. I definitely thought, you know, this is a, a three to four year plan in terms of like breaking even, but just to be able to own, own the tickets, own the games, and and go when I want to. I thought that that was just something super cool that I wanted to be a part of. The series is tied one to one. The Knights grabbed game one, Caps game two. The series resumes tonight, I believe. Tonight tomorrow. or tomorrow night, Saturday tomorrow, night. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific time. In Washington, so uh, NBC for that if you guys want to catch that out. Uh, one last thing to wrap up. I wish we potted more because we had so many good takes. Champions League, Jan and Donnie both told you to go to the window, put your money down on Real Madrid. They were going to win the treble, and they did. I believe it was 12-1. to 1. Was it higher than that? Could it even have been higher than 12-1? to 1? Whatever it was. It was, it was ridiculously long odds uh, given that they've had so much success and that they were so far behind Barca in La Liga that they could really focus on this. The game was a bit sour. Uh, it was a bit gutting to watch Mo Salah come off after Sergio Ramos uh, ripped him to the ground and uh, did some damage to his shoulder there. Uh, and then a weird goal. Uh, Benzema takes advantage of the, the keeper error from uh, Liverpool there. Saudi Omane gets the equalizer and then Gareth Bale with an absolute wunder goal. Bicycle, bicycle kick uh, into the top corner. Uh, I don't know how to explain that goal to people and the, the how difficult it was and the significance was. I, I was thinking it would be as if Odell Beckham Jr. made that one-handed catch to win the Super Bowl instead of it being on like a lazy Sunday night. Is that a fair comparison, that, that bicycle kick from Bale? Well, I have a different take on that bicycle kick from Bale. Well, go for it. It wasn't that good. What? Listen, he didn't... So, I'm going to sound like a total cocky prick, but... <laughs> So I've played soccer my whole life, and when you when you strike a ball and you don't hit it cleanly and it kind of looks like it was flubbed, the, it doesn't look as good to me and it isn't as good. I mean, he hit the ball with like a shin, so and it wasn't like a, a clean, super hard strike. So it was a, a, a good goal, but it wasn't like he struck it perfectly clean. He did exactly what he wanted to. So, that I mean, I just look at it, it so much to like, you know, the I want it to be totally impeccable when I'm when I'm watching soccer, and that's why I think that it was it was a good goal, not great, not world class like I know Gareth Bale is, um, and, and I bet that he would even tell you that I didn't even hit it that clean. I didn't think it was going to go in. I would I would guarantee that. I know how those guys are, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it was a good goal, yeah, but it wasn't uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo's goal. Well, his second goal was definitely. A ton of luck. The third goal, the one that sealed it. He, I mean, he he ripped from like thirty five yards out, and uh, I don't know. I guess it was just too hot for the keeper. I, I'm, the man's name is escaping me. He looks like Thor. Uh, but a terrible day for him. He literally just drops the ball into the net. Real go up three uh, one. Zidane rides off into the sunset, retires as manager of Madrid, and there were some rumors swirling that my Spurs man, the Magic Man himself, Mauricio. Pochettino was linked to the job, but this morning while he was uh, selling his book in Spain, a reporter asked him uh, if, I believe the quote is, are you ready for the challenge that Madrid offers? And Pochettino looked at him and said, 
I'm ready for lunch, and then after that, I'm going to fly home to London and go to Tottenham, which is excellent. He's our boss. He's our man. Uh, glad to see that. He is quelling and uh, putting away these Madrid rumors. Very excited for the World Cup as well. We will 100% be doing a World Cup podcast, right, DP? Yeah, let's, let's do one every day. It's the summertime. <laughs> day. I ain't got shit to do. Every day. All right, so our focus for this podcast and for a couple moving forward is the $25,000 fantasy draft for the World Series of Poker. For those that are new to this, it is a auction-style draft where every player in on planet Earth is eligible to be drafted. Normally, there are maybe a dozen teams, maybe double-digit teams. Some, one year, there was eight teams. This year, 15 teams. There were 16, but one did not show up. But 15 teams for this draft. Each team gets a theoretical budget of 200 fake dollars to pick eight players. And those eight players will be rewarded points based upon their performances at the World Series of Poker. We had a team, we consulted with a team that won. Uh, I believe that was 2012, and then 2013 and 2014, we had our own team, uh, something around there, and then we went on hiatus, but DP, we are back. We're back. That is right. We are back. I mean, I I didn't plan on being back, and then Daniel Negreanu was like, are you getting back in? I'll I'll back you. I'll stake you. I was like, well, I can't turn that down if you're going to be willing to do that, so I guess I'm back in, and here we are. So we we got a small sweat. Uh, some of our fans, thank you so much. You have a small sweat as well. So we're going to go through the draft, uh, our team, and then look at some of the other teams that are available. And one of the difficulties about this draft, DP, as I as I noted, is this is uh, this is every human on planet Earth that could potentially play in the World Series of Poker. And unlike your fantasy football drafts or any kind of fantasy professional football league, there aren't hundreds if not thousands of people writing about this subject, uh, the only people that care about this specific format are really the 16 or 15 teams that were in that room. So information is king. And we were kind of hurt by this with one of our picks uh, in Max Pescatori, uh, who uh, DP nominated for dollar, and then we just ended up getting him. Uh, but unfortunately, it sounds like Max is dealing with a family issue and might not might not play uh, any event uh, at the World Series, which is uh, a bummer. Uh, not even just for us, but hopefully well wishes to him and his family. But DP, we're, I mean, I'm definitely not as connected in the industry as I once was. You're definitely removed a little bit not being in Vegas. So we are scrambling a little bit. We, we need to figure out, because nobody's schedules are really set in stone. So we need to be able to project what these people's schedules are, and how much they're going to play, and they could just be lying to us. So give us the process leading up to the draft, DP. What, what were you doing to prepare for this thing? Well, first thing, you kind of put together your own list of however many people. I mean, we put together 60 or so guys that we uh, thought that we wanted to draft, that we at least wanted to look at. Um, we we break them out into different tiers because, uh, as you mentioned, it is an auction draft, so we want to want to be able to gauge – uh, you know, a budget range that we can allocate to certain players. So, you know, we kind of have those tier tier one players that we'll go nuts on. We'll have, you know, the, the bargain dollar buys that 
that you know you just want to kind of nominate for a dollar if you get stuck with them fine if somebody else bites and you make them bid up a little bit that's fine as well and then you do have those middling players um you know one of the things that uh, i know rich always advocated for you know i'm on board as, with this as well as the stars and scrub strategy uh and in in a year like this year when you have 15 teams we definitely felt that that was the case to go obviously there are times when you need to be flexible in the draft room and you need to uh, be able to adjust on the fly. Um, this time we we didn't. We went with what we thought were two tier one guys and then tried to fill out the roster accordingly after that. Uh, but yeah, so we put together our list of about 60 guys. Then we move into sort of researching whether that be social media, whether that be looking on the various poker staking sites, um, you know, two plus two, the poker forums, that sort of thing. Just kind of seeing what people are talking about in relation to their their schedule coming up for the summer. Um, also looking at kind of what people have done in past years, how successful they've been. Uh, and then also in the months leading up to it, people can go on a run. Confidence and playing well and momentum is a huge thing in poker. Um, you can just be at the top of your game and be playing much better. Uh, exhibit A is Justin Bonomo right now, who is just totally on top of his game. Hopefully some of that translates to the World Series of Poker because we do have him on our team. Um, and then you try and talk to a lot of people, just just feel them out, get their schedule, see what they're doing. There is a lot more uh, gamesmanship this the you know this year than than there has been in past years. You know, people a lot of people are invested in teams and they, they won't let on to exactly what they're playing and you know how much they're going to be playing, what size buy-ins and all that sort of stuff. So uh, and there are some people that just flat out won't respond to you. So it's a little bit tricky in that regard. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a whole giant, giant research process. Put hours and hours into it. And, you know, unfortunately, this year we did screw up, like Rich said, with the Max Pescatori one. I mean, I, we tried to nominate him, just getting other people to bite. Just a little bit of an oversight on our part in terms of our research. And we ended up getting stuck with him for a dollar. But, hey, well wishes to him. Hopefully he comes out and uh, we got a great player for a buck. The... Really interesting thing. So the stars and scrubs theory. Uh, if you guys really think about it, how many? There's so much variance in poker. How many poker players are really measurably better in this type of format than every other poker player in the pool? And there's only a handful, right? And historically, th there used to be more that you could probably class as tier one. But then things came on like these Aria high rollers and other great tournament series started popping up in Vegas and there's cash games. So finding someone who's really good, going to play a ton of volume and play in the $10,000 events, which have bonuses attached to them. Basically, the bigger the buy-in, uh, the more points are available to you. That's really the key. And since there have been all these things that have come up, all these distractions, if you will, the the number of players that are just far and ahead, better value than other players, is getting slimmer and slimmer. So we thought it was absolutely paramount that we got a Stephen Chidwick and a Justin Bonomo, two guys we had in our Tier 1. Uh, Bonomo we got at a tremendous price compared to what we were expecting to pay for him. And one of our theories about that is that poker is a very ego-driven game, and these guys think they're the best, and some players, uh, some of their peers can rub them the wrong way, and, and Bonomo tends to be one of those players that, for whatever reason, rubs his peers the wrong way, and you know what? If we can take advantage of that and get Justin Bonomo for $55, we're going to do that, DP. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like the bottom of pick. There were some some rumors that he might not be playing a lot this summer, but I mean, I just can't see Bonomo getting away. You know, much like you brought up the ego thing where some people don't want to bid on people because it's a whole ego thing. There's a whole ego thing with these poker players, right? I mean, poker is kind of built on ego and who wants to be the best and who wants to win the most money. Um, and I think Justin Bonomo has a confident ego, not in a bad way, but he does want to be considered the best. He does want to prove that he's the best. And I think we're going to see him uh, this summer. I mean, even for $55 for someone of Justin Bonomo's caliber, if we can get him in 15 to 20 events and all the high buy and stuff, I think that that is well worth it. Uh, today, uh, Friday, June 1st, we have the 100K starting at the WSOP. I anticipate Bonomo and Chidwick to both be in that field. Um, and Bonomo just coming off the success that he's had. He won Super High Rollerball China. He won the Super High Rollerball here uh, in Las Vegas. And then he took first place last night in an Aria 25K. So, I mean, this guy is, he's on cloud nine. He's riding high. He's playing great. And hopefully that translates into this 100K. I think that just given his skill level and what he's been putting together in terms of performances in these recent months. He has to be the favorite going into that field. He's on our team. He only costs us $55. So I hope we get on the board with this one and hope we do it in a big way. The stars and scrub strategy was also born before we ever had a team. We said that uh, in the heyday, if you give us Ivy and the Misfits. Phil Ivy and seven guys that weren't drafted, we'll compete in this thing. And uh, I think we would have ended up finishing like fourth Top three paid, but even if you look at, so uh, ODB, the original, David Baker, he does his little fantasy thing where you can use the set prices from the 25K fantasy draft, make your own roster, and then submit it. It's $500 buy-in. You should check it out, 25kfantasy.com. I think it's too late, but you can at least sweat the action along the way. And they did a thing this year where they had like these bonus add-on players. And some of those players are like, Man, how did no one scoop them for a dollar? And it's just one of those things where, like I said, if you drew a graph of performance at the World Series of Poker, a lot of it's just going to be a, a straight line, right? Like, no linear growth, no linear uh, decrease, certainly no exponential growth or decline. It's just going to be a straight line. And there's guys on that straight line that are going for $20, $30 because someone likes them or because they've had recent results or maybe they want a bracelet last year. But really... They're not that much better, nor do they have as good a chance to win a bracelet or score a lot of points in this format as somebody who's going to go for a buck or two. So we want to go for the guys that play a ton of volume, that are really good, and then just fill out our roster with good, solid players that are going to be playing in the events that we like. Uh, let's give some love to our, our horse, our number one guy. He was our guy the first time we ever had a team. We sold action. We were so proud. We walked in. We put it down. We got Steven Chidwick. And then, DP, he was horrible. <laughs> he was the worst. But we're back with Chipwich, as Matt Clance would put it again. Steven Chipwich. Yeah, we got him for what I think is a good price at, at $97. I mean, he's more than $30, $30 less than the... The next guy, he's the third highest on the board. Uh, the only two people ahead of him, James Ops at 129, and then Daniel Negron. You went for 131. He was the most expensive uh, player to be drafted. And Steven plays all the games. Uh, he's hungry. I mean, my, my biggest fear with, with Chidwick are the Aria High Rollers. 
But even that being said, just like Bonomo, even if Stevie goes out and plays 10 to 15 events, including the 100K and the Poker Players Championship and mostly 10Ks, we're going to be just fine. He's an unbelievable player and really good at all of the games. And honestly, we have, I mean, just take big risks. If we have to, you know, take a risk with some players that, that could pass up WSB events to go play 25Ks and 50Ks over at Aria, I mean, I'm fine with it given the skill level that we have in Chidwick and Bonomo, just having them on our team because the, the chance that they do play a jam-packed 40-event WSOP schedule, we have to take that risk. We just have to. So given that we got both Chidwick and Bonomo under what we were projecting, that put us in an awkward spot because we were literally ready in the Ivy and the Misfits model to spend all of our money on those two players and then spend a single dollar for the remaining six players. But all of a sudden we had like 30 bucks, 30 to yeah, like 30 bucks, 33 bucks is what we ended up spending on. uh, Yeah. Our 43 was our max for the next player. Um, And we we're kind of stuck. It's just like you said before, you can go, this is classic strategy in, in auctions, any kind of draft really you go in, you have a strategy, but you have to be able to read the room, adapt and make the right choices from there. So we definitely had to sit back. We made a second a second list of, okay, now that we've done this, who is our next target? Let's put out a bunch of names. And we ended up getting Philip Hui, but there's a little bit of back and forth about ODB. Uh, talk about Philip Hui and why you ended up landing on him, uh, DP. I mean, just, just speaking with him, you know, knowing the events that he's going to be playing, some of those, a lot of those are going to be uh, 10K mixed game events um, where a lot of people do make a lot of points in, in 25K fantasy, you know, over the, the history of, of the league. And and Phil Pui is a really, really, really good player. You know, I thought that we could get him at a little bit less of a price uh, versus some other players that are sort of in that same price range, but might not be that good, might not be playing that much. So um, we were kind of just letting some of the other middling players pass by and not really bidding on them and, and waiting for Phil Hui to come around. Um, I'm actually totally shocked that we got Philip Hui. Um, so at the time, we had we had waited long enough that there was only uh, us and two other teams that had enough money. Or Sorry, there was only two other teams that had more money than us at the time. Uh, it was uh, Team Leah had more money. They had a ton of money. And uh, Go Barstool Go, which is a fellow media member or ex-media member, whatever you want to call him, uh, Remco Rinkima. So he was over there with Barstool Nate and Brent Hank. So we threw out Philip Hui, and Remco started bidding on him. As soon as Remco starts bidding, I just, you know, because he knows what we know, and he does the same sort of research and talks to the same players, and it's just like, fucking Christ. Like, this guy's going to... You know, and I know he has more money than us. And it was just, he had like, I don't know, they had like $90 or something absurd at the time. So he, we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, so the the bidding was really weird. And the bidding's always really weird. So just a little side topic. These guys jump numbers. It's so Well, didn't they, didn't they propose that you only bid in increments of five? Yeah, Wasn't that a thing? Start the draft. Before <laughs> the draft, these guys are like, these guys, somebody's, they're like, yeah, can we, you know, because we know that we have 15 teams in the room. This is going to take forever. It takes three hours anyway. This is now going to take at least four hours. You know, it's, we started it at eight o'clock. Like, it's super late. Like, people just want to kind of get ready for the World Series the next day and go home and whatever. And so 
they they start talking about you. Yeah, guys, we don't got to bid in one dollar increments. You can jump it up and blah, blah. And then one guy was like, "Well, let's make a rule that you have to bid in five dollar increments." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, I would have left the draft here. if that was yeah. a rule. Like, I would have been like, "No, I'm not investing in some. You can't make this rule up on the fly. Like, right. that doesn't make any sense to me." When but I then, arrive, like, they go like. They'll announce a guy for a dollar. They'll be like, yeah, this guy, one dollar. And then somebody will go 70. Well, like, yeah, that was so one of our tier one players was James Obst. Uh, he was one of the first players nominated and he went one dollar to 70 dollars. Right. It's like, I mean, I get it. Like you don't want to you you do waste a lot of time. I totally understand. But I mean, and there's an example of this on our team. We have Jeremy Osmus in the fact that we threw him out for a dollar and there was another team that was interested in him, but the person that was drafting was distracted by something else and wasn't even paying attention to what was going on. So we ended up getting this player for a dollar. Um, but they had him budgeted at $20. They told me later on, I mean, they could obviously be pulling my leg, but I, I believe them. And uh, so, but if I had just gone like $10, I would have wasted $9. Right. But a lot of people were doing this sort of dumb stuff and they, oh, but even like later on, they, they'll jump like two for no reason. They'll be like 80 and then they'll be like 82. What, what about 81? Like, what, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. Like, you know, it just, it's so confusing to me that they do this stuff all the time. And it's, you know, it's just, it's weird. So anyway, so we have Phil, Phil, Hui, and we're going back and forth and, and we're bidding with Remco's team. And like, I would go like 21 and he, they, then they'd go 23. And I'm like, these fucking guys, can they not fucking jump a number? Like, and we were going relatively slow. Like he wasn't going to go for more than like 40 to $50. So it was fine to go by one, 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 one. And I was just worried because I knew that they had more money than us. And I was like, okay, well, we, at one point, we're just going to have to max out at 43. And then if they bid 44, that that it is what it is. What can I do? I got to go to the next guy on my board. But then all of a sudden, they just stopped. Like, like I remember Remco was the one actually verbally bidding with me. And then Brent Brent Hanks like like looked at him and said something like, I got it, or something along those lines. And then we bid 33, and then he never responded. So, And Remco, I know that Remco was really mad. Uh, about this, and and he was like, we wanted Philip Hui. We were gonna go up to like forty or forty five dollars, and I was like, yeah, I don't know why you guys just didn't bid forty four or bid forty three because you know that we can't go higher than that, and you guys had a ton of money left that you could have easily done it. Um, so a little bit of luck on our side that we got Phil Hui for thirty three dollars, which was which was a good price, and we had three or four players in that realm that we wanted to kind of get with that leftover money that we had. Chris Vitch was another one. Oh, Chris um, Vitch. He went for infinity. What was that? Yeah. Chris Vitch never been drafted. It's sometimes you just get these wild, like players that come out of nowhere. And this is, this is probably where we're at our biggest disadvantage. As much research as we can do, as much studying and talking to people, there's always just that inner workings of the high stakes poker community that we're like not in that circle, you know? So like these guys all start bidding on Chris Vidge and I'm like, I know that they know he's playing a huge schedule and like, you know, they just know. Right. Well, also backing and, on top of that backing is something that we're unaware of, too. All, all of a sudden, if Daniel Ganyu or somebody with a ton of money decides to put somebody in every event, that person all of a sudden becomes way more valuable where they may have been playing 1500s and 5Ks. All of a sudden now they're playing all the 10Ks, maybe even the goddamn players championship. And we have no idea because it's something they've never done before. Yeah, that's why uh, John Raisner to me is a tier one player this year in hindsight. Um, he went for $88 in hindsight. Looking back on it, I probably, I don't, I can't remember exactly when he went, um, but uh, I think he's worth probably $115 um, just because it, 
he's a really good all-around player. Uh, he plays everything. He can play. He probably plays the no limit events better than a lot of the other mixed guys would play in no limit events. But he also plays the mixed events really well. Um, and just knowing his kind of career arc in terms of like that he was backed for a while and playing everything, and then he wasn't backed for a little bit, but then he was backed again. So he's kind of been on and off with the backing. Uh, and you can kind of see that like reflected in his price over the years. And this year, you got a lot of the teams that are going back and forth on him, and you just get the sense in the room that, okay, he obviously is firing everything. He's obviously backed again, you know, or he's just playing his own money. And he, but he is, you can, you know, that he's playing everything, right? And just given his skill level, I think that he's someone that I would have actually jumped up uh, if I, if I could to, to get, uh, you know, get in there on. But it is what it is. So not a big deal. But, uh, but yeah. All right, let's round out our team. We talked about Chidwick, Bonomo, Osmus, Pescatori, Filipui, our $3 players, one of them an absolute favorite of ours, Roland Israelashvili, who I know he plays everything. I know he's there every summer. I know he's always grinding. I know he's always going deep. But then I see him in the 10K Turbo. What a legend. Roland's playing everything, DP. Yeah, 10K Turbo, he lost a flip towards the end. He was relatively close to the money, but he ended up, uh, uh, you know, pretty much bubbling. Uh, and then he's back at it right away. 1500 He made day two. So, I mean, this guy is, he's just, I mean, he cashed like 11 or 12 times last year. I mean, he, you know, he previously made the, the 50K final table. I mean, he knows, he knows how to play every game. He, he's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. And he's just, he's going to be there every single day. He's, this is one of those players where you don't have to worry about Roland, you know, going over to the Aria or any of the other casinos that are, that have tournaments going on and playing in those. This guy is just totally on the WSOP grind. So the fact that we can get him for a dollar is just absolutely amazing. He's a total favorite of ours. Like you said, love Roland. Just, just hope that he can put together, you know, a couple deep runs. I mean, this guy is one of those guys that he's just been around forever. He's, he's, bound to win something if not he's gonna get us eight caches plus minimum like like the the bar is set at eight caches yeah, it like has to be he's eight so. caches in a final table he's walking eight caches in a final table now what he yeah, does I mean, at that final table who knows but it's and going he plays to kind of wild too so he does have a little bit of upside where if you look at someone like an alan kessler who's like okay alan kessler eight caches like got it but alan kessler is going to get eight caches and never make a final and table he's gonna finish let alone 50, win a fucking tournament. 55th in all of those events. yeah so, like, Roland is, like, if you actually watch that guy play, he's, like, a fucking nut job at the table. He's, like, this East Coast guy who's just kind of plays wacky, but he still knows what he's doing. So, it's it's just, he's great. Great person to have on the team. And then the final two guys you're going to have to introduce me to. I, I sent out a tweet, and I was not lying. I have no idea what's going on in poker anymore. You know, the further we get from 2014, my last World Series of Poker as a reporter, the le- the less and less I know about some of these newer players. Uh, so Jordan Sperlin and Ian Johns, tell me about them, DP. I don't know anything about these gentlemen. Well, let's go with Ian Johns first. He's probably the more known of the two. I mean, Ian Johns won, I believe, two bracelets last year. Um, very good player. Plays a ton of uh, the limit games and, and the mixed games. Just really, 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 really good. Um, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that he won two bracelets in a 2016. Um, one of those guys that isn't going to play a massive volume, but he's going to play a select volume that he is excellent in. 
And for $1 players, somebody who's going to be definitely playing a lot of the big buy-in mixed events and limit events, um, somebody who just always puts together deep runs, never takes a handoff, just really cares. Um, I mean, you get a lot of these guys also that they just kind of fuck around all summer. You know, they like, like Chino Reem is a good example. You know, Chino Reem is a good player when it matters and the buy-in is high, but if it's a 1500 and you know, he just could give a shit. Um, someone like an Ian Johns, just, he cares. He's a grinder. He, you know, he isn't a big name. He's, he's from Washington. He just, he does his thing and then he shows up at the world series and he always seems to just crush. So I'm super happy to get him on the team. We were a little bit worried at the time. I think we had $10 left, um, that, that another people, other teams might know about him specifically, uh, Mike Leah's team, because Mike Leah is also like a limit guy and a mixed game guy. And we figured that Ian Johns would kind of be on his radar. And at the time, Mike still had a ton of money left on his team. So we were just kind of trying to play it out and wait as long as we could uh, in terms of um, nominating Ian. Um, that's kind of what brought us back to screwing up with Max Pescatori is that we were looking for someone to nominate, but somebody that we didn't necessarily want. We wanted other people to to bid on someone. And we were at the time, we were going back and forth between Mike Matisau and Max Pescatori. And we decided that we would rather throw out Max Pescatori, get these guys to bite and, you know, have it go up to anywhere from 10 to $30. Um, as it turns out, total oversight on our part. Again, we just missed that he, you know, is dealing with the health issue with his family back home and, and won't be able to make it out. Um, but what can you do? I mean, it's only one player. And so Ian Johns was just someone, yeah, we were super happy to get for a dollar, super happy to have him on our team. And we should expect to see him make some some very deep runs, you know, final two tables and a lot of events that have a lot of points on the line. So we're happy with that. And something Sperlin. What is a something Sperlin? So something Sperlin. So as you guys all know, the last time we did the 25K draft, it was team run it up because Jason Somerville was our biggest investor and also uh, wanted the team branded uh, with uh, run it up. Uh, Somerville is a, an investor again. Um, so Somerville doesn't play as much poker these days. He's more behind the scenes doing a lot of content stuff, a lot of his stuff on Twitch, but he's also doing a lot of coaching, uh, and, and backing of guys. Um, Sperlin is one of his guys and I definitely trust Jason in terms of his poker knowledge and his ability to articulate, uh, that knowledge into lessons and teach someone the game. Um, so if he's coaching Sperlin, that's, you know, perks my ears up a little bit and then when we find out the schedule that Sperlin is playing it includes four 10ks it includes a ton of all like the no limit stuff so he's kind of our mix of um big buy-in stuff but also the big field stuff right uh total wild card he's a guy that you know we threw out definitely thinking you know if anyone knows about him it's only going to be Remco and his team other than that it doesn't matter we're going to get this guy for a dollar so we just kind of saved him to the end um, he made the final table of the $1,500 Parliament Omaha last summer, took fifth for just over 50K. So that's kind of his big uh, claim to fame. I think for $1, can't really go wrong on a Jordan Sperlin. And knowing that we had that little misstep with Max Pescatori, you know, we had a bunch of people on our $1 list. I went for Sperlin because I wanted to gamble a bit more, knowing we'd have to make up for the fact that we kind of screwed up with Pescatori. Um, so knowing that we're kind of one player down going into the series, you get, you got to gamble a little bit more in order to make up for it. So I'm happy to do that with Sperlin and hopefully he rips something off big. And it's just that total wild card player that can get us, you know, 50 plus points in this thing. Yeah. I like the, the high upside. All, all you need to do really is finish top 18 in one of those big 
or whatever the the multiplier becomes a little larger the bigger the field but if you get that field bonus and like a millimaker or a colossus then all of a sudden you get a hundred point score uh for not even going that deep into a tournament so having a guy like spurlin on your roster can be really helpful and i like having a guy who's super hungry you know he's he's under Jason Somerville's wing, so that just makes me feel nice and good. Jason Somerville likes to pick, so hopefully Jordan Sperling goes deep in a bunch of stuff. Let's talk about one very interesting player that was drafted, maybe a little higher than people thought, and that was Mr. Philip Horatio Ivy. He was uh, nominated in the middle-ish of the auction and. Wasserson, Eric Wasserson, who's there bidding for Negranu, went all the way to 50. And talk about how he was bidding, because from the text that you were sending us, it was the classic, someone bids and Was is just immediately $1 after anybody bids. W- what was that process like? Yeah, so so Eric Wasserson was bidding for Negranu when Negranu was on day two of the Super High Rollable, or day three, I forget. But anyway... Uh, Wasserston definitely doesn't like to wait around or he doesn't really care about dramatizing the, the bidding process at all or, or trying to pull one over on anyone. If you bid 20 he and he wants the guy, he immediately bids 21. Does not care. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, at the time, we already had Chidwick and Bonomo on our team. So um, when Ivy came up, it was a bit later and you know we didn't feel the need to go after him, which is totally fine. You know, he's a total wild card this summer, but that well, I said, re- I remember the bidding was going up and we we're like, if it sounds like these guys are going to just bid a lot, why don't we just max out? We we're like discussing this in the chat. And then all of a sudden Ivy was like past our max. It was nuts. Yeah. So, and Ivy's one of those guys where you don't, you have no clue like what this guy's going to play. Like you can't even fucking talk to him. You can't, you know, the only person that, that talks to him is probably the one team that was bidding on him. Well, and that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. If there's Negron. anybody so, in Las Vegas that knows what Phil is going to do or might do it, it's Daniel. Yeah. So the bidding process is going on and, and you, you got the sense that he's playing a full schedule and he's going for it again. Right. So, because Wasserson is just so all in. And that's why honestly I was, Super shocked when the other team stopped bidding because the other team should clearly pick up on the fact that if Negranu and Wasserson are just bidding nuts, then you should go nuts. Like, because they, they know, they know something. And, you know, so, and, and right after the, the you know, it, he went for 50 and, and going once, going twice, sold, everyone in the room was like, what are you doing to the other team? Because you know that Negranu knows that, that he's fucking playing everything. Like, you just know that they're really good friends and, and they're, they're in touch with each other. And, so I guess it just comes down to a question of if you still believe Ivy is a really good player and if he has an edge. And I mean, yeah, the game might have passed him by a little bit, but it, he's still Ivy. He still knows what the hell he's doing in a lot of these games. And, you know, I think that Ivy for $50, just, no, you know, now knowing what we know and that he's likely playing a huge schedule, um, I think that it's a really good buy. It just really is. What happened? So... Was gets Ivy. What does he announce? Give it. Give us the the he back says, and forth between. Was gets Ivy, and he says he says I'll let you all buy out for five thousand dollars. So and everyone's like, okay, fuck you, like whatever. So Chris Claude Nikki jumps in, and he's like, I'll bet James Ops versus Ivy for five thousand, and Wasserson says, well, okay, let's do five hundred. 
And Claude Nicky says, no, let's do 5,000. And then Wasserson backed off. But, I mean, it sounds like they're just super, super pumped, uh, Wasserson and Agronu, for having Ivy on their team. And he's probably going to play everything. So, I guess it just now comes down to the fact of how much is his head in the game, how much is he playing cash games, and how much is he partying. I love Wasserson. The old TJ Hushmanzada championship. Yep. In any sport, there's always that guy at the draft that makes a pick and then thinks that the season's over. <laughs> Love it. Uh, any other players any that, that stuck out to you that went too high or too low during the auction, DP? Well, you know who went too high. Who went too high? Our boy, Bryce Yockey. Oh, my God. $31. Every year, Bryce Yockey. It's like... I don't get it. It's the best thing ever. It's just like the sky is blue, water is wet. Bryce Yockey's fucking going for $25 in the 25K fantasy every single year. It's so amazing to me. Bryce is the perfect example. And this is, I mean, we're not trying to kill Bryce here. Bryce is. I mean, I know he he won like the 10K PLO last year, right? But still. He's the the perfect example of he's an excellent poker player, but there are so many excellent poker players that Bryce Yockey is not worth 25 times Roland Israel It's just not the case oh it's so great that he went he went for for 31 dollars. that's just or 31 times jesus yeah uh i mean that's nuts uh i was chris chris well, ferguson 50 dollars. well i think we that's knew that really though. good buy yeah, we knew we knew he was gonna go higher because we were during our process we we're like just like bonomo we we're like i kind of hate this but i kind of love chris ferguson in fantasy this year like he's you know he's gonna play everything you know that like he sent that stupid fucking video which is the worst video of all time that because like he wants he's gonna be playing a ton he needs to kind of just make things die down a little bit he probably made it worse for himself um but that said he's gonna be firing everything he won player of the year last year like he's he's a good player you know unfortunately he just has a lot of baggage and he's a total asshole but what are you gonna do he's he's worth 50 dollars in this thing he's probably worth 80 yeah i i liked letter uh letter ooh, 40 Freudian slip ferguson going a lot heading into this thing what about letter you think letter is gonna play any events he has to right he'll probably play a couple he played a couple i think 10ks in the 50k last year or the year before so i think yeah he will but it'll be very 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 select um i mean and he's one nowhere, of the things you don't nowhere see anymore near, that, he's nowhere near the player that ferguson is too oh definitely not i mean he's just kind of that that rich old fat guy who just you know wants to play some poker for fun with the boys for the old Bubba. the old boys. He Bubba's, wants to be back into the boys' club. Bubba's back. Yeah. Get your get your iced teas brewing. Uh who <laughs> else is on this uh I'm to scan? What about teams? Quickly. What about teams? Any team that you draft ends, you look over, you look at the Excel spreadsheet, the Google Doc, and you're like, whoa, such and such has a really good team. Well, Fleischman's team is ridiculously bad. Like uh, every single year this guy just <laughs> And, I mean, all of a sudden, can, and and because he's got you my can just boy. lock up Antonio Esfandiari and Brian Rast on on his team every single year. But and he's got he, my he boy. Comes out to the lead. He's got my boy. I was fighting for him to be a tier one player in our rankings, but you were worried because he wasn't giving you a straight answer. Paul Volpe is the goat, fam. This dude is he's awesome. So good. I just have no idea with that guy, and I know he invests in other teams or he has in the past, and I, I just don't know. I just don't know with Paul. Like where the hell has he been for the past year? He's been doing G's shit, yo. 
That's what I mean. I just don't like, I don't know if he's just like over it because he just has a ton of money now and doesn't care. So I just, I don't know. I'm just not confident there. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. But all G's yeah. does is hop on a flight from Philly to Vegas, get there in the desert in the summer and then shit on people's faces. That's all G's does. He's the best. So I like Negranu's team. I just, I don't know about this Adidia Presidio pick. $38. Like, I, I don't really get that. But who? Who? <laughs> who? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a he's a kind of a younger middle aged player. I mean, not like old or anything, but um, he's good. But the fact that he went for thirty eight dollars, he just kind of that that price like came out of nowhere. Um, another thing: water is wet, sky is blue. Uh, Bryce Yaki gets picked, and Brock Parker is on the Grannies team every single year. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's like it's a joke. This guy. It, it, I mean, Brock's a great player, but it's just unbelievable that every single year they just draft him. Every year. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous to me. David Bach, I really liked. Is he's also on the Granus team? Um, I mean, I think that he's just one of those. He's going to grind everything. So, um, what's an? I mean, man. Sorry, Adam Owen. Is that the Australian fella? He Australian? Uh, British. Don't know. <laughs> I don't he's recall. a, he's a, a really good player uh him and Benny Glazer are like, kind of like in in a little circle of like really good uh mixed game players but Adam Owen also had some recent success in one of the EPTs so he does have some no limit prowess as well yeah he got second he got second at the party poker millions Barca for yeah one, that sorry 1.6 I like uh the go Barstool go team um I think so Negranu, I like. I think he just went for a little bit too much, but honestly, I think he's the best player to have in this draft, so I don't even mind paying $131 for him. I just didn't... So I didn't understand their draft strategy. They had they went 131 for Negranu, and then they just didn't spend on anyone say, they left, at all. They, they, left 25, so they left $25 on the table. I understand we left $8, and that hurts me, but we, we left $8 thinking, to your point earlier, that Ian Johns was not going to go for a dollar, that we were going to have to spend you know close to double digits to get any and johns whereas these guys these guys just left 12 and a half percent of their budget on the table yeah and they said they they budgeted up to 20 dollars for jeremy osmus so that's one right there we ended up getting jeremy osmus for a dollar because they weren't paying attention and the other one is phil hui where we got him for 33 you know, they could have bid up on him a little bit more and, and squeezed him in and then just filled out their roster with $1 players, but uh, they didn't do that either. Um, this guy, Andre Zigalov, uh, if you ask Remco, he's going to be WSB Player of the Year. I have no idea who this guy is, so, I mean, good luck. Uh, I mean, I'll chance- give Remco credit. He did fire Lanou, Alex Lanou, the year that he went for 100 points. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Okay, whatever. I mean, people, people fired Dmitry Urbanovich last year too. Like it's just you know, there's just well, so much luck in this yeah, damn thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Calvin Anderson. That's another guy. Mickey, who was drafting with me, Mickey Doft. He is good friends with Calvin. He knows him. It's just Calvin's just kind of he's another. He's like a Paul G's type of wild card. Is he just gonna walk around the summer or walk around the Rio all summer, just worrying about the people that he's backing, or is he gonna actually play? Um, so who really knows with, with Calvin, what he's going to be doing. Uh, David Prosiak was, he was at the top of our bargain players. Um, but he was thrown out by somebody else. Uh, I believe David Eldridge's team, team Eldridge, and then, uh, Eldridge and, 
uh, Remco's team were bidding on him back and forth. Uh, we didn't have enough budget at the time to be able to to worry about Prosiak, but Prosiak is a he's a good player. I think he's playing forty to forty five events, uh, a lot of mixed game stuff in there as well. I think that that's a really good buy. Uh, Shannon Shore, I like that pick as well on Remco's team. Uh, David Bakes Baker seems like he's going to be back. Um, I just don't know how much. It, it does sound like he's going to be back and playing a, a big schedule, but he's sort of been been away from things for a while that you just don't know about him. Chance Cornerth, I mean, I don't really like that pick, uh, especially for four dollars. I mean, he I don't even think he's here yet for another like three or four days, um, and he's mostly like a big bet guy, no limit in PLO. So I just, I'm not really high on the chance Corneth pick, but, but Hey, who, who knows, right? Uh, AJ Mateos, he's obviously just a no limit guy who's just going to be blasting off and all those no limit things. So if you can get that guy to go off in one of those, those big fields or something like the hundred K then, then great. Right. But, uh, but yeah. Looking at chances Hendon right now, am I, it looks like he has one cash the last three years. Great. Okay. No, that's not, that's definitely not true. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I skipped over 2017. 2017, he had a bunch of kids, seven caches. But before that, 2016, he had one cash. 2015, he had zero caches. 2014, he had one cash. I mean, when I look at all these teams, it makes... So I'm not... I, I feel the worst I've ever felt about our team. Well, yeah, um, we have a zero in one of our spots. Which, but normally I come out of the draft, and this is not even just this draft. It's all draft. It's football. It's basketball. And I feel great, and then I have a shitty season. And then normally when I feel really bad, I have a good season. So hopefully that's something that, <laughs> that works out in our favor. But looking through a lot of these, um, a lot of these teams, I mean, I just, like, I – I like our team when I look at more of them. I, I do like Team Eldridge. The only problem with Team Eldridge is just Michael Mizraki pick, I think, is fucking dead money. Oh, come on. He clicks buttons and just wins. Yeah, but I don't even know if he's going to play. Like, he hasn't world, played anything. It's the World Series. Who knows, man? He's the you grinder. Just he'll be guys. grinding. He'll have chi- he'll have level one chip leads soon enough. And then uh, Adam Friedman, another guy. I'm just not high on him as well. well but you're other not, than that, you're not I mean, high on him. You're not high on him because he burned us. Yeah, but I don't even know how much, how much is he going to play. How much is he just going to play cash? Like I just who knows. And and Adam Friedman was in the room and wasn't bidding on himself. So that to me is just it makes me like my head light up. I kind of think that people don't like bidding on themselves. There's there's two types of people, right? People that want them, Chris Claude people that just want themselves on their own team at at any cost and then other people that kind of want to diversify their portfolio and just not have a piece of themselves. So this this team here, Team Turner, is what I think is the worst team and they're going to probably win because I just said that. I mean, I don't even understand. He left $41 on the table. He's got people that are like I don't even know if they are going to play. Like I don't know what they're going to play. Like I don't understand. Dylan Lindy, Dario Sammartino, Chino Ream. He's got Mike one of, Littell, the, one of my like, favorite picks of the draft, though. Reader. Weinman huh? for $2 is one of my favorite picks of the draft, though. Weinman like, doesn't want to play poker ever again. Like He only came out to play the TOC, and like he doesn't want to play poker. He's like done with it. <laughs> so like I can't even like fathom picking him. Like I mean, I know he's a good player, but he just doesn't give a shit. So I, I'm just like I don't even understand with this team. Like, but they're probably gonna win, like I said, because that's just how this thing works. 
Um, I don't mind this. Well, this Gordo Hellman. I mean, it's like some of the picks I think are good. Some of the picks I think are awful. I think Robert Mizraki for $68. I think that we've come to know that Robert Mizraki is the, by far the superior Mizraki when it comes to playing poker. Um, Nick Shulman, I mean, he'll play seven events, but Nick Shulman is just the GOAT, so him for $25 is, is fine. Uh, Vachasov Zhukov is sort of a wild card, but He's one of very those guys, good player. What happens if he just doesn't show up? Yeah, like I just don't know what these Russian guys, you just like – Every year you get like a new Vladimir Shemilev. You just they just come in and out and you just don't know who they are and it's just a new guy every two years. So, you know, that one year you had Vladimir Shemilev and what was the other guy's name? Like uh start with a T, like whatever. I don't know. I don't Vladimir Troyanovsky or some crap. The only one I can think of Mikhail Simon. Remember when he just I know he's not Russian, but like the when that Swedish guy just showed up and just cashed and everything. Yeah, I mean you just don't know with these guys because they're always just like so off the grid and only really play online and they never really give out their screen name and that sort of stuff. So I don't know. Dmitry Rubanovich, a lot of people hated on this pick. I mean, I kind of don't mind it because last year was all the hype around him and he went for a shit ton. So maybe this is the year when you get him for a dollar and he just goes off. Post-type sleeper. Rule of post-type sleeper. Yeah. Alex Leneau, as soon as they drafted him, everyone was like, oh, he retired. He's not coming out. So that was... A horrible pick by them. Jamison Painter, I just have no idea. It sounds like they just know him kind of in that inner circle and he's going to play. And then I don't mind David ODB uh, Baker on their team as well. Yeah, I was we, – so we were down to our thing, and we we I kind of wanted to go all in on Baker for $43, but even then we may have not gotten him. But I, I was really happy because one of the things about 25K Fantasy is your your rosters are really shallow – so you're really sweating these guys hard. And I, unlike other sports, because, the like I said, the playing field is so level, I like having guys that I like rooting for. And well, uh, yeah, and, Phil, and Phil and ODB are very easy to root for. So I was very happy that we were down to those two. Man, t- Team Nori, I don't even know if, like a bunch of these guys or what they're going to be doing. Team Nori drafted himself. Um, he's got James Ops, who we thought was one of the best best players to have in this thing. He just went for infinite money. Um, but like Noah Bronstein, I just, I don't know, uh, like in terms of like what he's going to play or how much he's going to play. Uh, Valentin Vornicu is just a total Nolan blaster. I mean, he's got like 85 WSB circuit rings and he'll probably like win the fucking Millie maker because that's what he does. Um, I don't even know this guy, George, Georgie Belanin. I don't know who that is. Uh, Stuart Rudder, British guy, Jake Schwartz. Don't care to have him on my team just as a no-limit guy. I really wanted Elliot Lesra, though. Um, I just kind of just, I don't know, call me crazy, but I have a feeling about him this year. I mean, he, he just plays everything, and he's always there. He's like a, a higher-stakes kind of Roland Israel Hashvili type where he's just like an old-school guy who plays everything and just kind of has fun with it and just grinds every day. So who knows? But... I mean, I feel all right about our team. It's just we got that Max Pescatori zero, but hopefully he comes out uh, for a few events and everything goes well with what he's dealing with back home and we can make a run with it. If not, we're going to win with seven players and we're going to talk a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> if you want to follow all of the action, 25kfantasy.com is the place to do it. Christian Sanchez does an amazing job 
of keeping all the scores updated, all the information. You can check it out there. You can also follow at 25kfantasy on Twitter. We'll also be talking about it at gridirongamble. And that's 25k fantasy dp heck yeah we'll uh we'll need some runs baby yeah we'll uh we'll be back to talk about this hopefully weekly like i said we want to talk about world cup uh before you know it it'll be training camp in the nfl and then we'll be right back in the swing of things with the super contest at the Westgate. so we're gonna get the ball rolling here on the pod again it's exciting it's nice to talk to you guys again glad you guys are are back with us you're you're the best fans in the world i say that a lot but i also mean it every time i say it uh if you want to follow dp on twitter he's at donnie underscore peters i'm at rich t ryan enjoy your weekend enjoy sweating all the updates on poker news until next time peace out